Welcome to the Epic Agent Success Podcast with your hosts, Jerry Weaver and Jacoby Kendrick. This podcast is dedicated to newer agents in the business who want the fast track to success. 90% of agents fail in their first year of business. Our goal is to help guide your journey away from the common mistakes most agents make and help you grow and build your business to epic levels you know you're capable of and desire. Hey, hey, welcome to the Epic Agent Podcast. I'm Jerry, and I'm here with my good friend, Jacoby. And today, we have a treat for you. This is an agent that uh, when we made the list of who we wanted to interview, uh, he was up there on my list, Andy Alger. And he uh, is somebody that I've bumped into. We've probably done a couple deals together, I imagine, is probably how we met in this. From a distance, I've watched his business grow, and uh, I've just kind of kept my eye on him and really have a lot of respect for how he carries himself in the industry and how he is to work with. So, Andy, welcome to the Epic Agent Podcast. Hey, thanks, guys. It is fun to be here. It's a little nerve-wracking to be here, but um, I uh, hope to have a good time and, and say something that might make sense to somebody. Well, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going to have some really good stuff to share just from what I've seen. And so we'll just kind of get you started on why did you get into real estate? So I've been in for 27 years now, Jerry. 27 years. Uh, it's like a whole lifetime, right? And yeah. I had to actually think back, why did I get into real estate? And um, back, it was honestly because it was a career that really just lined up a lot with who I was. I, I, I'm i kind of a local guy. I, mean, I come from a small town. And real estate keeps me around home. It keeps me around my hometown. Uh, I don't have to commute you know, an hour each way to work. I don't have to fight all that, that lifestyle. And I did that in DC when I lived there and I didn't like it. So my brother-in-law was a, a a small town broker in Linden, and he picked that business up from his father. And it just seemed like kind of a natural marriage for me to to step into that. My father was a, an entrepreneur, a self-employed businessman, and um, it was just in my blood. So 27 years later, here I am. 27 years ago, that's uh, longer Long time, than Jacoby and I's real estate career combined. Mine was a midlife career change, and so... Okay completely shifted it up. So when you started 27 years ago, uh, you had a little bit of support, it sounds like. Well, how did it go? How did it go when it started? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold up real quick because okay. I'm like just now meeting Andy. Andy, give us like a little oh. bit of background like on, I'm in Texas, you guys are in Michigan. So just for our listeners here, let them know where you're at and all of that. Tell us about your team, kind of like right, like where you're at right now. And then let's follow up into the beginning phases here. So, you know, Michigan is like a mitten, right? Shaped like a mitten. So I'm kind of over by the thumb area. I'm not in the thumb, but we're kind of, that's the southeastern part of the state. And Linden is a, used to be a one streetlight town. It is now two officially. And we have about 4,000 people in the city limits in, in Linden. Born and raised there. And my wife was born and raised here. And anyway, it's a great community. We just love it. And so uh, my team, I, I do have a real estate team. And there's, um, so I have, you know, myself, I've got a director of operations. I have a TC. I have, my wife is the finance arm of the team. So, cause she has a, she has a finance degree. So she watches the numbers and I've got uh, two full-time sales people other than myself and my daughter who does just some kind of on the side admin stuff. So that's, that's a makeup. I hope I didn't forget anybody cause they'll still let me know if I did, but that's, that's the make, makeup of my team. And We'll talk more about them probably as we as we move through this. Yeah, right, so you're you're kind of in a you're a little ahead of us, like in the team standpoint. But 
you know, real similar kind of vibe to how Jacoby and I operate uh, mm-hmm. with a smaller team. You know, Jacoby, you know, Midland is like right in the middle of nothing of all oil country. So it's a 150,000 people or so. We always joke that he's in the car for five minutes at a time where I could be in the car for an hour at a time. But, right. So it's real right. similar. Yep. Yeah. Back to that, you know, the question then, uh, good job, Jacoby on that one. I kind of skipped through the, uh, get the bio out of the way. So good job bringing that in. But so when you did start 27 years ago, how, how would you say it started for you? Back, you know, 27 years ago was like what, 1995 or something like that. And the market was not bad. When I got in, it was, it was okay. So it's, I, I remember uh, sitting in, so the, the first office I was ever in, keep in mind, small, small town brokerage, and it was just like the back, almost like it used to be a lean-to, only now they they structured it up a little bit, and so now it was an office. <laughs> they threw and, some plywood on the walls, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and a, a guy came walking in, and he said, anybody here want to sell my house? And so <laughs> that was my first walk-in. His name uh, is Bob Kelly. Him and Judy, I still stay in touch. He actually, unfortunately, passed away about a year and a half ago. I'm pretty sure there was a gal uh, in that office who was a realtor who had been there a lot longer than I have. And I think from that day on, she didn't like me very much because I was on floor, mm-hmm. right? I was the guy. That, and it was a, a $275,000 lakefront listing. And so anyway, that was kind of um, that was kind of the start. And But I tell you what, guys, and maybe we'll touch on this too, but you know, the industry was very different back then, 27 years ago. There was really no internet presence. There was no like Zillow. There was no anything. We used a big thick book. That's the only way people knew what was for sale, right? Was we had this book. Yeah, and email was only kind of prevalent had, for a year or two. Have email? Uh, now email didn't even come around really for a little bit yet. And yeah. we had Rolodex. We had. I mean, it was seriously like amazing. Did you start with a cell phone or did you have a pager? Oh, a pager. I think I started even before there was a pager. Jacoby's so, <laughs> so 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 Pedro was the first thing, and uh, that was the beginning of the end, right there. By the way, <laughs> just so you know, that's the that's the beginning of where like okay, we no longer have a life. There's no boundaries anymore. That's it. And so yeah, I started with a pager, and then I'm sure a big clunky flip phone of some kind, and a, way too much money. And but there were just it just wasn't the stuff today. There were no teams, mm-hmm. right? It was it was just a different landscape, totally. And uh, and I think in some ways again it was it was a little more fun because it came down to relationships and you really had to kind of get out and and meet people and the other beautiful thing again was we worked from a book public didn't have access to the book so they had to come to us mm-hmm. I don't know I think in some ways it was better back then but so that's so I think it started good in the business I I really kind of hit the ground running and and yet it still was up to me to start to create different avenues of leads, different opportunities, and still treat people well and take good care of them and, and build it from there. I've always built the crock pot. It was never really a microwave. I always I always was building a long-term thing. It was never about the next deal and just the next deal. So, And to this day, that's how my team operates. Give us a little bit about how your first years went. So you said it was good. You said it was fun, but let us know like kind of how, how your business was, you know, do you, if you remember how many deals you did, nope. what'd you kind of struggle through, you know, those sorts of things. Like what, what, cause you say floor, you say floor time. Like I started, I started selling real estate in 2015, I think. And so okay. when you say floor time, I think it's like when I talk to my kids and tell them I used to listen to music on cassette tapes and they're, right, you know, right. they what look the at me like that, I'm man. a Martian. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
So floor time is just, you know, you're in the office and if the phone rings, you're the guy on the floor, right? You answer it. You're the, you know, somebody walks in, you're the guy, you're the lady. And uh, thankfully, I don't do floor time anymore, but I don't know if anybody does floor time anymore. Is it a thing? <laughs> so I if do the phone rings here, I'll answer it. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I do not remember at all how my business went. The, I just, I've so fully transparent, and I realize this probably breaks all the molds and all the. I'm not the best at tracking numbers. I'll be honest about that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna bring hope to those realtors or anybody listening to this that like doesn't really track numbers. You know, no realtors are tracking their numbers. So you're talking yeah. to a lot of people. <laughs> I, I know what we did this year and I know we did well. And, but I would say I've never been like a numbers driven guy. I've never been like, I wanted to do this much money, this much, you know, I was married and then children came along and I mean, you have to make money. It's not a, like I didn't care how much money I made, but it was just never the main motivator. It was, it was nothing that got my soul going, nothing that got my heart going for, for the business. It was really just, um, creating and building and helping people and I think representing well and just doing a good job. I learned early, if you take care of the people, the money will follow. I find it really interesting that we go back to 95 and you don't remember your numbers, but you remember Bob Kelly. Yeah. Well, you, knew, yeah. You, knew, right. you, you knew their names. Uh, yeah. You remember everything about that, but you don't remember your numbers. So that does say, like that speaks volume to what, volumes yep. to what you're saying right now. Yep. I, uh, and actually I double-ended that house and probably... 18, 20 years later, ended up selling a house to one of those buyers again because they got divorced and all that. So, so really, those those that first listing was a good microcosm, really, of of how I built this business, which is you stay in touch with people, you bring value, you lead with value, right? It's not about hey, what can you do for me? It's really here's just some value. I'm going to bring this to you, and um, again, crockpot, not a microwave. Probably people remember you and they they mention your name and and all that. So. Kobe, I don't, I don't know how many deals I did the first year. It could have been four. It could have been, I don't have a clue. Uh, I know the average sale price was a lot less back then. Partly, partly the reason why I asked that question is just to get a little bit more into your story so people can bring context to it. So were you like a single, were you single then? Were you married then? Like what was kind of, you know, the, the landscape for you and during the, that time? Kind of a lot going on right then. So I got married in 94, real estate, pretty much 94, 95. And no, no children yet for a couple, you know, a few more years. So we did have that little time there of just like, just going. And it was funny because my wife came from a, a GM family background, and that would mean more to Jerry maybe than Jacoby. But around here, that's a pretty big deal, you know. And so it's a very stable environment, right? You, you, you're always going to work. You know what your paychecks are. You know when your vacations are. It's like the, it's like the opposite of real estate. Yeah. So, but I was never brought up in that. I was brought up in the self-employed businessman household, and so, so for my poor wife, it was it was rough the first few years, really. Like, it, especially when we when we were pregnant, and and like, you know, it's like when's your next paycheck? I'm like, I'm not really sure. You know, <laughs> how much is it going to be? I, I don't have a clue. And so, however, you know, yes or no, she would never go back. She would never ask me to get a nine to five job. Right. So, so the context was, yeah, I started out, I just finished college for the most part. I was, I was former military, eight years in the, in the army. I worked on at the Pentagon in in DC for a little bit. And that was kind of my last stint. And then I decided to marry my wife and Linden was a better place to raise a family than Washington, DC. So, um, decided to, you know, establish roots here. And that's when real estate really became just kind of a great thing. And 
And it, it wasn't easy, though. Believe me, it led to a lot of dust-ups, you know, with, with me and my wife in a good way. I mean, just stress, right? But I, I really felt like this was going to work, and, and it has. Yeah, it's similar. My, uh, you know, my wife, her uh, family is all law enforcement. And so just that you know what you're making, you know what you can spend. Yeah. You know, her mom was a secretary. And so I shook her world up pretty good. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and it's, it's not like that world's not appealing sometimes. Yeah. I mean, there's times it's like, oh, man, what I'd give to just go up somewhere every day, work, go yeah. home. Yeah, no, I love it. I love what I do, and my wife loves what I do, and uh, it's it's really, we've built it into it. It's a good good team, good organization. Something now that we're, we're really starting to give, have been for many years, but getting very intentional about how we're giving back to the community, getting in touch with, you know, there's a certain nonprofit that we support heavily and just really giving back to even local businesses, just helping local businesses. It's now just time to to go from from ambition to to meaning, right? You, you spend the first part of your career like building, 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 go, 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 and then you get to a point in your life and you're like, well, what is all this for? And you transfer over to now you're looking for meaning, and that's really the legacy you want to leave is is something that had meaning, and that's where my team is transitioning, if you will now is is just community involvement giving back and you know, taking care of people so how are you getting involved in the community like what are some of the things you guys are well one thing that's near and dear to our heart on our team it's called clara's hope and it's a local uh, charity uh, organization that actually started by some friends of mine and the whole mission of clara's hope is to give local families success in foster care and adoption and that started several years ago when my wife and i were talking like okay what can we do like how do we and I'm like, well, you know, and she came up with the idea. She says, you know, we help people, we help adults find homes. What about the children who don't have homes? Where's the support for them to make sure they can have a good home? And that's when the light bulb went off. And, and so Clara's Hope is that organization. We just love them dearly. We, we help them out however we can financially. We get involved with their events. There's a big, they have an event coming on here in February, uh, in auction. And so that is one of the ways. And then also, um, I have it on my radar this year that what I'm doing is I'm meeting with all the businesses in Linden and doing just a brief video with the owner uh, to promote their business. And and then obviously push that out social media-wise and just, just really help however we can to get the word out of some of these you know local businesses in a small town. Yeah, I've seen some of your uh, recent push on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yep, and we uh, hired a, a fantastic social media person to help with that. You know, this business, you can you can have leads from any number of sources. And you know, we all know how fun it is to chase down internet leads because there's just no relationship there. There's no real value. But they don't value us as a professional because they don't know us, right? We're just a, a dime a dozen. And yet when you work with people who know you, like you, and trust you, A, the business is a lot more fun. It really makes you have to be in the top of your game if you're going to in any way actually expect referrals to come out of those relationships. You can't you can't be disingenuine. You can't be crappy at what you do. I would tell you that I think it's almost more stressful to work by referral in some ways because there's a few relationships on the line, right? It's the person that referred them to me and the people themselves. Because if I screw that up, I've now damaged both of those. It's a in my opinion a more stressful way to go, but it's more rewarding. We're now on you know, second generations. So now I'm selling homes to the children of, of people that I sold homes to. And that's just, I get a kick out of that. That means I'm old. Yeah. That's the downside. But <laughs> as long as you get better while you're getting older, man, that's, <laughs> right? that's uh, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, in two more years, you're going to be pushing, that'll be three decades in real estate. 
Man, well, when you put absolutely... it like that, Jacoby, that's uh, that's got. It's absolutely <laughs> awesome, man. It's absolutely <laughs> awesome. I'm like, man, I don't. I haven't talked to a lot of folks, you know, one on one that have got three decades in the business because most, I mean, most realtors fail. This is a hard. This is a yeah. hard, hard business to to do well in, you know. And so to do it for three three decades, my question would be like transitioning now, like what was like the transition phase for your business? Cause we talked, you know, we talked a little bit about the beginning there. And in 1995, you said things were totally different. You just, mm-hmm. you know, you as an agent, and now you've got a team, what was kind of that transition point or what was that kind of thing in your career where it's like, okay, I need to kind of transition to this other phase. Kind of like what you're saying also with the meaning portion right. as well. I look over my, my time and I, I think the whole thing has been transitioned in some ways. Uh, you're ever growing, right? You're never, you can, you're never, you're never there. You're always learning. The, the market's always changing. Think about 06. Whew. What about, uh, it was around here, 06. The rest of the nation was 08 when it, when the, when the market totally tanked. You know, we, our values around in my area it dropped 40 to 60%. That'll force you to transition. You know, any database you had is kind of decimated. And you lose a lot of realtors in, in that kind of a market, which isn't terrible. So so that period of time certainly forces you to, to look at how you're doing your business. Anybody can succeed in a great market. But when that market drops, adjusts, tanks, whatever, now if you're running your business poorly, you're going to get exposed. If your expenses are out of whack, if you're, you know, you're going to get exposed and, and you're not going to last long. And so... For me, financially, there was a transition, right? Making sure we're running a lean ship, not just most people will, I think, run their their finances for the market they're in, and meaning, hey, we're making great money. Let's hire more. Let's let's give raises. Let's, let's do whatever. The problem is you you start to build yourself out of a bad market, mm-hmm. and if the market does drop, you're going to have to let people go. And so you have to you have to get smart with how you structure things. And so we've done that over time. And, and honestly, just with the whole again advent of technology into into real estate and learning, learning not only what you should do but what you shouldn't do. There's so many we call it the shiny object object syndrome, right? There's so many shiny objects you can face, and let's face it, social media is one that's not going anywhere, right? That's going to stick around. So you might as well get good at that. And I've learned leverage over time. It's like I don't have to do everything. It's better if I don't do everything. The best thing, I mean, you guys like you're all wearing clothes, right? Good. So. Did, did you guys make those clothes today? No, right? I didn't. No, you yeah. bought them, right? Yeah. And if you leverage, we leverage everything. We didn't make our cars either, right? We're, we leverage everything. So why as business owners don't we leverage more? Why do we feel like, well, when I've got to do my social media and I've got to do this. I've got to. I learned the art of leverage and really leaned into it. And I'm not afraid to bring somebody on to do stuff that quite I don't want to do and they could do it better than me. Now, Thing is, I can do that because over time, I was very intentional about saving money. And so I have a business account that actually has some money. And so that helps me to weather storms and bring people on that can help us get to the next level. And I think really just thinking about your business like a business. And, and I think most realtors wake up every day and, and it's like, all right, what, what am I doing? Let's just go and run hard. And, and then at the end of the day, be exhausted and not really know what I did. Yes, I still do some of that. Right. I'm not perfect at all. This business is insidious. But over time, you begin to realize what's important. I can't do everything. And so you, you just mature in this process. And I think that's been the biggest transition is probably just my maturity, my mental attitude about things and your, you know, my mindset overall with how to look at the business. 
and just knowing your market too, like the transition. I mean, that's all. I mean, that's some really, really solid stuff there. I'll actually definitely look back to going back and uh, re-listening to what you just said uh, as far as how you set yourself up. But knowing your market, like you've had that transition where I assume you kind of got in on the tail end. Flint was already in a decline with GM when you got in. Did your clientele shift from coming from the north to coming from the south? Because Linden is a community that there's probably a lot of people that drive an hour to go to work that mm-hmm. live in your live in your community. Right. And so did you like see that transition as far as you know how that worked in the business? I don't know if we saw necessarily like a, a transition in that way. I'm sure there was, Gary, I'll be honest. I, I don't can I recall it necessarily. I don't I don't know. But getting back to kind of our focus with, with myself and then my team over time, we were always pretty again locally focused, right? Uh, I never pushed north too hard, north of, of Linden. So pretty much and that was kind of strategic too, because let's face it, you go south and the and the values are more. Yeah. You know, you go north and they're less. So you learn quickly. It was never necessarily a, I guess, an intentional thing. It's just kind of how it developed. But yeah, I don't, I don't know that even during the the market shift and and all that, we were all just such a panic mode that I don't, I don't even know that I was paying attention to. Yeah. I was just thankful to have anybody that uh, with money. <laughs> yeah. So I was t- talking to my kids the other day because they're thinking about buying a rental property, and and uh, I said, you know, the hardest thing about about investing is that really the best time to invest is when everybody's scared. And I thought back to 08 when in downtown London. So right now the average sale price in London is probably over 300,000. It's, it's 290 to 310 in that range. I was selling homes for $25,000 in downtown London. Dang. Do you think I wish I would have bought a few? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. But dude, we were all scared. I mean, it was just this market came out of nowhere. And, and so anyway, it's a long answer to your question. I, I don't think I answered the question, but. So I don't, I don't know as far as like a, uh, you know, did, did it change where people came from or whatever? We were just so committed to helping whoever God puts in our way that we're just helping them and where they're from, they're from. And that's just the way that it is. That's awesome. Like that, that you kind of look back and like, ah, I just, I was just working. <laughs> whatever <laughs> was there was there. That's how, yeah, that's how it is in a lot of those times. Yeah. But as you kind of look back and you go, go back to the beginning and maybe at some of those transition pieces or transition times, what's the biggest piece of advice you'd give yourself, especially like when you started out? I do think a coach is super important. I think it's important and the right kind of coach and for the right reason. So I've had, I'm sure you have too, both of you guys, you know, different coaches at different times and and for different strengths and weaknesses. And the coach I have right now, I recently shifted. And the reason I did was because I needed a coach that worked right here, right, right in between my ears. <laughs> I know how to sell real estate, but there were some things I needed to work out up here because until I did that, I wasn't going to bust through the other stuff. Mm-hmm. One of the hardest transitions I'm finding to make is from salesperson to team leader mm-hmm. because that's a whole different job. And I'm not even all that great at it yet, but I'm working hard to get good at it. But that's a, that's a transition. Uh, it's one thing when it's just you and you're just you're just doing your thing and I'm not really, you know, but now I have a team and I need to help them and pour into them. And and sometimes I'm good at that. Sometimes, you know, I'm not so great. And so I've got a great coach who, who has helped me with that kind of stuff and has done just wonders. So a coach, right, is I think really important. Never cheap. I took a Floyd Wickman course back uh, early in the early days and that was a definite for me. And, and I, there's other examples of it doesn't matter if it's Floyd Wickman, it doesn't matter, but it's just some kind of a pretty intense, expensive course. That's the EOS guy, right? 
Floyd Wickman was he's still around, but he's he's retired and all that. He was just very much scripts and and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, um, give you great language, what to say, tools in the toolbox, right? What to say, different things. And it just gives you confidence. And you have to develop your skills. So, because back then, keep my way, we didn't have social media, we didn't have all that. We just had us. So I do think that, that education is important. I think a coach is important. I was and confusing him with Gino Wickman. Oh, yeah, Gino. Yeah, yeah. That's his son. And so, um, and I think just doing a business in a way that is true to who you are, right? It's true to your core. Because I'm not like everybody. I'm not. And sometimes I get caught like looking at other team, you know, other teams or team leaders. I'm like, oh, how come mine are mine more like that person, you know? Like, because I'm not that person. That's not who God created me to be. I'm meant to be right where I'm at, doing what I'm doing. And my job is to is to show up every day and do the best I can, take care of people. If you ever look at our reviews on Google, uh, I think we're over, I think like 100 and whatever reviews right now. And Here's what I love about the reviews. Number one, we don't tell people, "Hey, give us a five star review." I, I don't, I don't like doing that. I just like, "Hey, we would love a review from you," but it's it's got to be genuine, you know. But if you read the reviews, it really what I love about those is that you read through them and it's like those reviews hit on the core of who we are. We believe in communicating really well with our clients. We believe in our clients feeling like they truly have an advocate in this process, somebody that's walking through the muck with them. And when you read our reviews, that's what you get. And I'm so proud of my team for that because that's just a reflection of, of all of us. And and I love that it comes through to the clients. And that to me is success right there, buddy. So that's, 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 that's it. You know, I'm glad we get paid for all that. But if I got paid and people didn't like us, I'm, I'm, I'm out, you know. But I love the fact that, that the clients just respond and I feel like we've done a great job for them. And that's where I get my joy and can I start a quick thing here real quick? Because I struggled a lot with passion. And because I've always been told you have to be passionate for what you do. You have, you have to have a passion for what you do. Okay, well, again, transparent. I've never necessarily been completely passionate about the X's and O's of real estate. Yeah. Okay, I didn't get into real estate because I loved real estate. Darren Hardy once said that you can also be passionate about how you do what you do. You can be passionate about who you're doing it for, passionate about why you're doing it. It doesn't have to be the what. And that honestly opened my eyes because I am passionate about how we do things. Yep. And I feel strongly if we really have our hearts right and we take care of people, I'm going to trust that God is going to take care of us and he can probably do a better job of it than I can. That's kind of been my philosophy in the beginning. It's hard to write a business manual about that. <laughs> you know, um, it's hard to create a business plan around just kind of let go and let God, but that's kind of what I've done for 27 years. And this year we, we hit 104 deals. Keep in mind, our town is 4,000 people, right? So now we're next to a bigger town. So it's not like we're out in the middle of nowhere, but, you know, we had 104 closings. I think we're just under 30 million and super proud of that. Never meant to hit those numbers. It wasn't like we set out to hit 100. I didn't anyway. Maybe some people on my team did, but I was never mind. But super thankful. And we just keep taking care of people, and that's what we do. And before we get to wrapping this up, you've uh, mentioned it a couple times. You've you've mixed it in there. Uh, you brought God into the conversation. Talk to me a little bit about that and how God, where that fits into your life. He's uh, he's pretty cool, you know. I've tried everything my way, and God just is is first of all, He's so good, and 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 if I just trust Him, just trust and let go of things. It's not that it's not going to be scary sometimes, but 
he's got it. He's already got it all figured out. My job, as I see it, really is to wake up every day. Yes, work hard. I believe there's honor in working hard and taking care of people. But at the end of the day, I'm going to just trust that he's going to do what he's going to do. And I work with my clients the same way. Don't necessarily have a conversation with all of them about God, but I'll tell you what, where the opportunity is there and it, and it fits and it works, I'm, you know, we're, we're going to have that conversation. And it's, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know how people get through real estate without it, without, without God right there in the middle, you know, saying it's, it's going to be okay. We got this. And, uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's part of my life, obviously. And it's the part of my life. Yeah. Oh, great, man. I really appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, sure. Thanks for having so, me. <laughs> so what's on the horizon for, for team Andy? We, we really, as I mentioned earlier, are going to double down on our community because we love it. We love our community. We love the people in our community. We're all local people on my team. Most of us are from Linden. And and it's not even by design. That's just kind of how it, again, God just puts things together. This is the best team I've ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. And it's because of their heart. I didn't even put this team together. This was just here. And, and so super thankful for, you know, for that. And so community driven, intentional about that, more than just about us. It's about our community. It's about helping the businesses in our community, local, again, nonprofits, whatever we can do and just love on them and trust that um, through that, we're going to keep doing what we're doing on the real estate side and, and build a great team and, and help a lot of people. Simple. That's awesome. You got anything Not else? Easy, but it's simple. What's that? Okay. Ask Jacob if you had anything else. You know, I don't. I don't have anything. All this was. This was really good. I do have. Actually, I do have one question. With uh, it's a it's a real estate question because you, mm-hmm. you know, you've got a vast knowledge here, and um, I'm sure there's probably been more ups and downs than just in 2006. But with what's going on right now, what do you see? Like, uh, well, I guess the first question would be: How would you describe last year? The last couple of years? Do you think those were easy years? And then, what do you see on the horizon coming up? I don't think there are any easy years. I think if the market's bad, I think I think this is a tough business. I think if the market's good, I think this is a tough business. So I think no matter what, it's 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 hard. It's rewarding, but it's not an easy business. And that's why so many people don't make it. I think market wise, I think if people are looking for a crash, I think they'll be sorely disappointed. I don't see it coming. Interest rates are already starting to come down a bit. The inventory just is not gonna allow for prices to you know, drop, you're getting more buyers coming into the market again. Again, fear always causes people to stop. And after a little while, the fear goes away and people still have to buy houses. So uh, last year, the year before, it was crazy. You know, you kind of come out of the COVID stuff. We had our best years, the COVID year and the year after our best years ever. And I think a lot of people can probably say that. I do expect that probably we're going to have a little bit of a pullback this year. I'm I'm kind of planning on about a 10% pullback. But you know, we'll see, right? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna speak it into existence necessarily. But you know, if it happens, we're we're prepared for it, and it's okay. We want to have fun. We want to keep again just serving people, and whatever market comes our way, I tell you what, I've been through worse. So that's the beauty of 08. Is I've been there, and we're not gonna, in my opinion, we're not gonna probably ever see something like that again necessarily. I hope. And uh, so my my hope is that we're just gonna have a, a more of a realistic market. Maybe it would be great. Uh, just a little more even keeled for both sides, buyers and sellers, and and let buyers have a little more fun now for a little while instead of being, <laughs> yeah. you know, just beat up. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. 
Man, this was awesome. I appreciate you jumping on, taking the time. Uh, sure. If anybody wanted to reach out to you, what would be the best way they could uh, get a hold of you? You know, my website, andyelger.com, and that's A-L-G-E-R, andyelger.com. My cell phone number, I don't know if you want that, but it's 810-241-0554. Andy Elger team on Instagram, Google, you can find me. Uh, we're around. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. Andy, really appreciate you jumping on, taking the time. Is there anything else that you want to drop on us before you go? No, I just appreciate you guys even asking me. I really do. Thanks. Uh, again, I hope somebody can get a nugget out of something here. And and uh, it was fun. And thanks for doing the show you guys do. It's a good show. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Epic Agent Success Podcast. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you've received value today, we hope you'll give us a five-star rating wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Don't forget, we love sharing our experiences and offering tips to agents looking to grow. So come join us on our Facebook page, the Epic Agent Success Podcast, and stay connected.